What's up, it's your boy Oxseed Wes here, and let's get into the meat and potatoes. The beans and rice of the podcast. Look, you probably clicked on this podcast because I said the quick and easy way to growth hack and become a powerful business owner. I watch a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm kind of privy to some interesting discussions that happen around these topics, and so not to speak from a point of completion or a point of you know high level expertise i'm speaking about someone who's in the trenches daily trying to create an empire what i've really noticed is pure volume and um blitzkrieging (laughs) whatever the word is to say that you're just brute forcing the system i think is the way i give you an example if you post once a week you get a good amount of attention you post five times a day you encourage engagement because either people are going to be intrigued by the fact that someone's posting so frequently or If you have no audience, you have to kind of growth hack or encourage audience engagement by consistently giving content for people to engage. Now, before you click off and say, oh, well, no, I don't need to listen to this podcast anymore. Let me go and do stuff. It has to be directed. It has to be around a specific goal or aim. And it has to be done with a reasonable amount of social calibration. I think there's two things. Is do a bunch of stuff and make mistakes and just, you know, pure volume. There is one aspect of that. There's also the social calibration of what an audience member actually really appreciates. I think people appreciate listening to things that are actually aimed and directed towards them i think a clear and concise message neatly presented to someone is really appreciated there was a period of time where people like ty lopez got away with i would say (laughs) the old-fashioned homely approach you know i've had the opportunity to actually see some of Ty Lopez's paid content and I definitely engage with a lot of his uh, free content on YouTube and one of the very noteworthy things about his content in general is that he's a person with a lot of book knowledge a lot of life experience as well and he can talk about these experiences at length and he tends to indulge those sort of explorations A lot of people who are in the education space on the internet tend to present themselves as lecturers. I mean, you sit down in a lecture and the lecturer gets to go off for about two hours um, on a particular subsect of a full subject. And you tend to just, you know, kind of bathe in the information that they spew on top of you. And a lot of online educators who are in the volume game or perhaps in the 
wider audience game would actually present the information in this manner there is people like um and if you don't know who Ty Lopez Ty Lopez is you know here in my garage knowledge and if these catchphrases don't <laughs> ring a bell to you you might have to go google who Ty Lopez is but there's even people who have found a healthy medium in information presentation um Marquez Brownlee is a content creator who started off you know pretty normal <laughs> pretty normal in the sense that he had no fame he was just a kid who was really interested in tech and decided that you know his passion could be translated on camera and he went for it and he just posted and he put information out there consistently until he was able to you know get cr- traction um get support from great platforms like YouTube who you know YouTube is a platform that provides actual funding to people you know for for them actually creating content and being present in people's lives and YouTube is or has and hopefully will always be that platform that actually finds value in its creators and provides them with a share of the value that they create and so you have to strike a delicate balance I think if you're looking for actionable steps, I think one of the most important things first is go out and learn socialization. You don't have to necessarily be the most social person. I mean, quite ironically, the biggest social network created in a long time, Facebook was created by someone who um if we're going by <laughs> the testimonials of a hollywood movie was not that socially calibrated to begin with but he was able to dissect the nature of social interaction and and commoditize it you know create a product out of it but as time goes on and you know especially now as he's in the real realm of uh, aggressive uh capitalism you know his um inclination to being somewhat of a weird so unsocially calibrated person has kind of served him to some extent but also it really doesn't it it may make you money but it won't make you all around appreciated I start to slow down in my speech around these things because I consider the fact that he he's created a platform that millions of people use to spread messages to share moments with their family and friends and also have created really massive and successful businesses on top of so it's hard to kind of strike the balance here in what is didactic what is something that you can you know take to heart but i still stand by the fact that social calibration is one of the most important skills anyone can kind of learn and empathy and all of that um because it feeds into what is the next step which is finding a problem that is worth solving 
Now, this can be a very dangerous statement because most problems are worth solving. But the operative word here in the whole thing is worth. How can you put a reasonable price tag on a reasonable problem that morally is acceptable to have a price tag on and that's why social calibration is the first thing i think affordable housing (laughs) is probably a business that you have to be kind of um passionately obliged to i don't think you go into that business to make money to ensure your shareholders get higher dividends or you know their stock value goes up i don't think you go into affordable housing with that in mind that's why that's mainly the realm of governments but it has to be a problem that serves people who are trying to do higher order operations now higher lower ah, these terms also get so murky now with the way that wokeism and i don't know what other words you can throw into the mix with regards to um just social calibration once again but lower order problems safety security food shelter these things when offered to the wide masses cannot be priced premium unless they are providing something above and beyond what is a necess- a necessity so i mean a burger is just serving the problem of filling a stomach okay now hopefully within that we should also say nutrition should be part of the basic uh, fundamentals of just filling someone's stomach but there's arguments to be made within that realm and that's up to your own moral compass i guess a nutritious burger is the baseline now a premium gourmet burger served from you know a chef who has honed their skills for many years to find the very particular flavor profile that they wish to express their creativity through now that deserves a premium pricing because it's not a necessity but it's something that is a form of expression and forms of expression deserve to you know experience premium pricing notice i say deserve to experience doesn't necessarily always occur but they deserve to experience that curating spaces in a very bespoke way that is a very particular skill and is dependent on someone's life experience and stuff like how do you put a price on that you just premiumly mark it up you know you add their <laughs> five thousand on the two cents that is space curation in general space curation being you know interior design <laughs> putting pictures on the wall like contracting 
creating template housing that is not necessarily a premium product it's somewhat of a necessity especially when you're trying to house people at scale construct spaces at scale you can't necessarily put a premium price on top of that but if there's a unique solution provided to a very specific problem with regards to architecture and there's a specific intent and energy behind it and you know resources that's when the premium price comes in i think pricing is always a challenge for people starting out i for many years have really undervalued my own services because of wanting to get the reps in wanting to be exposed to the market wanting to engage with more people trying to learn i think at some stage you kind of reach the knowledge limit of providing a commodity and a commodity is just an easily accessible product or service you kind of reach a limit and you have to learn to then appreciate your own value that you bring to a situation and push your prices up being in the music industry and especially in the hip hop sphere you see this very interesting marketplace around music creation especially in hip hop and rap the genre was used as a vehicle for wealth creation for people who have quite you know visually been placed in very dangerous um impoverishing mentally taxing situations and that pain has served as a catalyst to kind of express um you know as a form of escape and so grand industry kind of co-opted and also sprouted around those sort of conditions you now have kids in india who can sell an instrumental to a kid in america for $25 consistently not the same kid it can be a whole bunch of kids but the globalized market has allowed resource and wealth transfer on a wider scale on a global scale and being able to be a part of that has shown me that it really comes down to the three fundamental steps of progress this is step 3 the grand progression of business you usually start out doing high volume high numbers low value items and you try and get sales to that you try and spam the world with a particular product as a way to prove a concept to test out and if you can't get that first initial sale of low ticket items and you're not able to convince anyone that it's of value 
you really need to work either on the product offer shout out alex homozi and leila homozi either you need to work out on the initial product offer and make that slightly more valuable or you need to reassess are you really solving a problem is the beat market saturated maybe is the premium beat market saturated questionably you see it all becomes a competition for price to value and even in that there's there's a deeper business opportunity to just create a business around finding premium beats and then just only selling bespoke beats on a particular platform that's kind of already occurring when you think about um the many music licensing companies out there that allow you to license a large collection of music for youtube videos or for you know commercial videos these markets arise because every time a solution is created a deeper problem arises from <laughs> that solution even existing but bringing it back to step 1 you're spamming the world with large volumes because in your consistent iteration through all the different offerings that you you kind of test out you start to see what works and the pivot stage is tied to something called the pareto principle which is like 20% of whatever you're doing gives 80% of the results that you desire so once you find the small 20% of whatever you're doing is giving you disproportionate results ie or in other words the 80% that's when you take hold of that 20% and make it your 80% and really go in on it and how fast you iterate on that is really up to you because sometimes people want the flexibility of being able to move around and maneuver within those spaces step 2 there you go step 3 is being able to systemize what you're doing and actually reverse engineering the formula of how you get to your end result through all these steps you had an end goal in mind and you were like reverse engineering from the end goal to where you are currently now that you've done that a repeated amount of times you're perfecting the formula you're making yourself more efficient you're making yourself more effective at delivering set service or product faster better and cheaper for yourself you don't necessarily have to drop the price because it's become easier for you because then lies the truth is that the better you become at something the larger the profit margin becomes because now you're more effective and you need to not shy away from that gap growing because 
trouble always arises and you need that cushion because there's going to come a point where you might need to hire people to now spread out and take care of all the incoming responsibilities that you're going to gain from becoming better at something and it's really sad that a lot of people feel scared to teach even the people that they hire even the people that they're paying <laughs> to work for them are scared to teach them how to do what they do i think just like it's important to have a will it's important to have a succession plan already once the oil has oiled the machine once the machine just needs a few squirts of oil to keep running you should already be planning to leave and leave in a graceful manner setting up people and opportunities for the future the future of your business the future of what you've come to do because now if you've done everything right you're providing a solution consistently to your target audience notice i haven't even said anything about target audience because through doing stuff you kind of learn your target audience it's good to have a target audience but in acting it becomes like a two-way mirror and you kind of perfect who you are really there for but now once you've reached a good position once the ball is rolling that's when branching out spacing out delegating tasks to people because there's always going to be someone better at the one thing that you do not the one thing which is being you <laughs> you should be the best at being yourself but there's always going to be someone and taking it back to the music production um analogy there's always going to be someone who makes crazier 808s or bass lines than you there's always going to be someone who makes <laughs> way more beautiful melodies than you and they may lack in the bass lines and the 808s but the melodies is just there and then that's when you're able to become a production team and i think the analog- analogy transcends into any sphere of business i mean think about hr human resources being empathetic being able to inspire people or comfort people rather let me say hr is more of the comforting and the inspiration is you if you're the ceo and if you're not an inspirational person that's when you finally get the opportunity to hand over inspiration to someone else who's even more inspiring than you and all you really have to do is make sure they they know the long term goal of what you were trying to achieve step 4 i guess bonus step it gets to grow to that point i'll really just leave it there cuz i think i dropped a whole bunch of gems here <laughs> a bit of housekeeping for the podcast just you know brief interlude now um i know it's been a while since i've uploaded so here i am i'm trying to <sighs> make this podcast a bit more valuable to the audience. The previous um episode with Zoe Sin, you know, prawn star extraordinaire, 
I think it was a great episode because we got to see from a very unique point of view um, ideas around relationships and, and interpersonal dynamics. I do want to delve more into those kind of topics, but I think the fundamental basics of those kind of topics is just don't be hysterical. And I don't think hysteria has to be gendered. I think in an ideal world, when you've really found someone that you would like to share your life with, you create systems in place to ensure that within this particular nodule module of interaction hysteria is managed and kept to a minimum there's going to be times where someone you know wiles out but once you've decided on being in a relationship it's like really a decision on um being being open transparent and and empathetic and understanding look i think and as i grow older i realize how stupid boyfriend girlfriend like non serious long term committed relationships are if you are not aware that what you're engaging in is a frivolous activity only meant to serve your desire for either hedonism or just for entertainment if you understand that you know you're in a high school relationship and this has nothing to do with long-term sustaining love this is just pure entertainment if you don't know that you're in for really a foolish pain a pain that doesn't need to happen i think you i i you know what's amazing about this like when you actually meet someone that you're trying to have a genuine relationship with everything changes like it's like oh this is it like this is a long term decision but if you're engaging in poorly communicated relationships you're only asking yourself for pain for trouble and for confusion you know because a lot of times people rush into chemical emotions because they firstly probably never experienced that emotion before fair enough go for it <laughs> but there should be like a like a nice understanding and dissociation that i have chosen to indulge in an emotion i have not made an effort an active effort to actually commit to something because committing and flirting is two different two different ball games and i i mean my own personal view now is that you know relationships there's no such thing as a relationship or rather uh there's no such thing as 
a loving relationship if the terms are not clearly understood if it's a platonic relationship or a friendship based relationship there really doesn't need to be a contract there just needs to be common decency and just you know keep the ball rolling um goodwill 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 back and forth um and the cool thing about that is that if you approach life that way you'll quickly figure out who you want to give more than just good goodwill to and uh i think the moment you realize that is is an important it's an important discussion to have and have it as a friend don't have it as i really want something out of this because friendship is the only answer actually to anything ever <laughs> you know like <laughs> violence business it's a friendship and it's a friendship to varying degrees in a business transaction money is the buffer between two intimate parties and we trade having less intimacy for money i i mean if you've ever worked with a client who doesn't have a big budget you guys are intimate you are close this person is really invested in your work because they've invested so little in terms of money whereas when a large chunk of money and it's reverse psychology you could even call it but when a large chunk of money is given yeah people want to be managing but they also want to be hands off they're like i've just given you a lot of money to just straight up deliver a product to me or a solution to me or if it's in the case of education you know a, a, a rubric to me like I should not have to tell you how to do your job like I'm literally giving you money and the less money you give the more it's like a, a negotiation I'm around trust and in, in, intimacy and I actually think that's why and not to take it to a prime evil place but I, <laughs> I think that's why you know a lot of times women were bought from their family and or rather women were women f- were bought from their so-called freedom into a structure they were paid to come into a structure because you know there's a subtle there's a subtle energy around that and if if anyone is wondering what I'm talking about I'm talking about labola or or, or meher or, or you know a negotiation to have um to purchase <laughs> to purchase a wife and i think you know this is the unfortunate nature about words the word purchase or buy might you know come across in a particular way to people but that's why i've spent a good amount of my life learning how to use intonation and words and focus on on the structure and the sonics of communication so that I'm able to take certain power behind certain sounds to people and reformat it and present it in a very interesting way. I think it happens when I switch accents, I code switch, I 
all of those things you know just so that communication becomes a smoother thing i think people take the whole <laughs> i call it a transatlantic accent but you know the whole internet ac- accent this vaguely american accent vaguely european not really european but more uk and you know compress it into a into a global package that can be accepted and understood by a large amount of people it's a very powerful thing sometimes i feel i'm patronizing when i like i do the short word and take away take away joining words to speak to someone who doesn't speak english as a first language i hate doing the slow talking i'd rather take out words and speak in a way that i somehow perceive you'd understand better than the slow talking because i've been slow spoken to and it's horrible well not really horrible this is awkward for everyone involved except the person who has no social calibration which first step of business learn social calibration it's a vital thing but lastly let me say this because i think if i let this go on for too long we're going to get lost if you are empathetic to the struggles around you you can make a lot of money i think that's a truth a truism you can make a lot of money if you want to and that's the operator or or the predeterminate to that amount of money if you want to you can make a lot of money because you have to look within yourself and accept that you deserve money that you deserve being appreciated for what you do and be very and be very specific have boundaries around what you deem as adequate appreciation and what you deem as you know not an insult but something outside of your boundary and once you do that too you'll start to realize your friend circle who or or, or rather you're just acquaintance circle like who is there who who appreciates you and who do you appreciate and what does friendship mean to you and even through that you'll start to realize like who you genuinely care for outside of friendship and maybe this is something to pursue maybe this is something to negotiate around and lastly just appreciate other people's boundaries too and learn how to navigate that space and just remove emotion from rejection remove um emotion from people having boundaries and just be secure in you offering your best face to the world and 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 receiving the best face of others and yeah this, this is all for myself basically this is all a personal diary that i've decided to share with you with regards to being the best you being the best business person in the world and i don't think capitalism has to be bad i don't think business has to be bad i don't think communism has to be bad i don't think anything necessarily has to have any negative energy behind it if the people operating it have 
goodwill, good intentions. And yeah, sure, they say the road to hell is, is paved with the best intentions, but that's just because it gets co-opted by the whispering of bad intentions or, you know, misguided people. I think good thoughts, good deeds, good outcomes, or whatever <laughs> the the fundamental Zoroastrian chat. If you watched... Um, the biopic with Remy Malik <laughs> Freddie Mercury if you watch that you'll know you'll know what I'm getting at it's been your boy Oxid Wes good afternoon good evening good night and if you just woke up good morning please